Welcome in. It's the BCJ podcast on BearcatJournal.com. Special, another special edition. We had the signing day edition yesterday. Today, I'm on the uh, seventh floor in the Lender Center. I'm going to b- bounce around and talk to a couple assistant coaches about the uh, recruiting hall pulled in yesterday for the Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll start off with wide receiver coach Joker Phillips. Coach, um, what were you looking for in terms of improving that room when you went into this cycle? Well, yes, like you said, this is a position that we, we thought we had to upgrade uh, with speed, size, uh, ability to stretch the field. Um, it's one of the things that we wanted to be better at. And uh, we felt like we got uh, four really good guys that have an opportunity to do the things that we need to do. Got to get the ball in the end zone from in the passing game. Um, you know, we, you like to make plays outside of the red zone. Okay, we did make some plays inside the red zone. Right. But we like to make some plays outside the red zone, which that means big, huge plays for us. The guy, we'll, we'll start at the end. Everybody obviously wants to talk about Michi Harris uh, because of the recency of it. Um, how Take us through that process of staying on him. He always talked about he felt comfortable here. He felt comfortable around the guys. He felt comfortable with the coaching staff. Was that just a matter of not letting go on him and just saying, hey, we're going to be here for you if you if you feel like you want us? Exactly. You know, a lot of a few guys that we targeted this time last year, okay, right after signing day, right. uh, which was probably – which is February. Uh, he's one of the first guys that we targeted in, in terms of the wide receiver position. So we were able to build a relationship with him right, and start that relationship immediately as soon as we hit campus last year. And get him around some of the guys that we had uh, already had committed. He came to a couple cookouts with, that we had – with all of our signees, and he felt and and saw the interaction that we had with them, and saw the connection, and, and that's what that's that's what makes recruiting is the relationships. It's it's, it's still a sales position, and <laughs> you know people buy when they have feel like they have a really good relationship with with their with the people they're going to be around, and and he felt that way about this staff. Coach Fickle does an unbelievable job of making this fifty mile radius a a, a a emphasis, and uh, I think Michi felt that. Talk about him as a player, 6'2", good size, good speed, good hands. Kind of the, the, the package for an outside wide receiver that you look for. No doubt. You know, as I went and watched him play this year, you know, he didn't catch a lot, have, have the same numbers. They, they transitioned to a different offense, went more to triple option this year. Uh, so his production wasn't up. But when he did touch the ball, I think the game I was at, they targeted him four times. He scored two of the, two of the four. Okay. Uh, so that, that's what you want, a guy that can, that's explosive. Um, that's tough, okay? Uh, because everybody, there's a different type of toughness outside. It's not a, it's not a toughness that, you know, that you have to, you know, move people all the time. Right. But you got to be tough enough to go across the middle. Uh, you got to be uh, tough enough to go up and fight for for a fifty uh, fifty ball. And I think that's what he'll give us. Another guy on the outside, likely, is uh, Alec Pierce. Um, Great athlete. I mean, when you look at him, great, you know, four, 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 five, forty time, big vertical leap. He's kind of physically uh, an impressive guy. No doubt. If you had to say today he's a red zone, red zone guy, um, but but also possesses the speed to to, to stretch the field too, too. Also, so he's a guy that comes from an athletic family. I mean, his mom's a volleyball player at uh, Northwestern. His dad was a, a basketball, football player at, at Northwestern. Also, his brothers are starting forward at. What William and Mary, you know, and six foot seven. So, I mean, he's got a high ceiling. Um, that's a, just a tough, hard nose. And one thing we put beside his name is a football player. Okay, you just take him and see what he becomes. I mean, is he does he stay lean and stay at wide receiver? Does he get big and become a 
a linebacker or a, uh, or a tight end, he's a guy that you have to take. And, and, he's, and he's, he loves football. And that's the thing you have to have to be recruiting. These guys that love the game. Jason Jackson, kind of more an inside guy, or is he? Is he? Can he play both? Can he be inside, outside, or is he more of a slot guy? Well, Jason will be more of a slot guy. He'll play the position that Khalil uh, Lewis plays, um, and uh, you know he's a guy that you know, get huge matchups against linebackers yeah. and strong safeties, and and, and window. Not to say he can't play outside because I think he can, but that's what we'll start him at, um, and to, just to make sure he's getting reps first. Um, and the thing we had to upgrade also, not just the position, but we had to upgrade our return game also, uh, the kick return, punt return, because mm-hmm. um, you know, we felt like we left a lot of yardage out, a lot of yards, a lot of first downs in the, in the return game. So he gives us the ability to, to be a returner also. So that's one of the things that he'll get an opportunity to do for us early. You talk about replacing Khalil. Obviously, that's a, an important part of this offense is that slot guy. So good hands good speed and from what i saw when he was here camping really good feet just seems like a guy that, that has the tools that you need in that position he does you know and he has the smarts uh and the thing uh, that you see in him he's a um, quarterback he's played some quarterback yeah. and i've had uh, a chance to to transition a lot of quarterbacks from from quarterback position to uh to the wide receiver position whether it was arnez battle at notre dame randall cobb terrell Pryor with the browns that i had to transition from a so feel really good about you know uh transitioning a guy like him who again has smart has handled the ball a lot um and, and can make plays for you and that's two guys in pearson and jackson that are very familiar with your quarterback they are you brought in and ben bryant that's they, always a plus they are and, and they continue to work out with him and ben had nothing but high praise uh, 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 for uh, uh, Alex, you know, who he had worked work with uh, just recently, yeah. and then he'd all, I mean, all all over the summer and in the win- last winter he'd worked with uh, Jay Sean. So that's that's a huge plus for us. I know that you mentioned quarterback to wide receiver transition. Yanez um, Rogers kind of don't know with him right coming in because he had such such a, a good year at quarterback. Now he maybe gets a look there. Uh, or it could be in your room, right? He's he's plugged in as an athlete. You know, you you can't take enough enough guys like him. Um, you know, we played against a couple of quarterbacks that was you know this year probably the player of the year on offense yep. in our league. Um, was a guy who at Florida recruited as a safety. Okay, at Florida we recruited at uh, recruited uh, Lamar Jackson as a as an athlete. Okay, and, and they turned of, out all right. A lot of people told those guys that they couldn't play quarterback either. So you got to give them an opportunity. Give yeah. them every opportunity. That's how you fall into those kind of guys fall into your laps and become players of the year at the position. He was an interesting one because he didn't visit, but you had sold him on when he committed. He hadn't visited yet. You had sold him on the Bearcats and and maintained that. A lot of times you'll see those guys kind of waver. Uh, and he stayed pretty solid and, and came on his visit and loved it. He did. You know, and the, the other thing that sold us on him is he's a great athlete on an average team, mm-hmm. and he's got he's five miles up the road. There's a great team in Deerfield, Deerfield Beach High School. And this kid, you know, was getting tugged and left and right and, and decided to stay on stay with his team. That's what that's what quarterbacks do. They, be, they, they uh, are leaders, and they lead the group that they are, are – are there to lead. So I, I just think that that's one of the things that sold him. And also Thomas Gaddis being here, yeah. which is a friend of his, which which uh, was his eyes and ears to the program and what's going on here. And uh, Thomas was a help in selling him also. Coach, you, uh, you you had some needs to fill, and I think you did an excellent job. You got guys that 
different versatility, different kind of skill sets, but they all should work together. Congratulations on a good class. Well, thank you. Appreciate it, man. All right, up next, moved one room over from Joker Phillips. Now we're talking to defensive line coach Al Washington. And coach, uh, we'll start with maybe the, the headliner of the class or the guy that's right up there with the headliner of the class and Malik Van. Malik had people coming after him all the way to the end, trying to get him to, to turn. Talk about his loyalty and, and what it means having a guy that's that bought in that wants to be a Bearcat. I think it means everything. And very rarely do you see kids today in this me uh, culture and, and selfish culture, do you see kids uh, kind of revert back to the old school principles of loyalty uh, and, and really honoring what he identified as valuable you know, from the start, like a lot of times, kids start off with something they want to, they want to go to a place that has certain characteristics that they admire, and then that changes over time because of pressure. He's a kid that's not going to be peer pressured into anything other than doing what he feels is best for him. He saw that in UC, and he he never wavered. And I think that's a credit to his mom. His mom, I, t- I brought it up in the in the talk, but uh, to have three Division One single mom have three Division One uh, athletes who are all bright. You know, her oldest is getting his doctorate, okay? His, her her uh, middle is at Wittenberg, which is a high academic school. Yeah. And to have Malik, who's a three-point-plus guy, is remarkable. And I think that all correlates. And uh, so I think it means everything to a future of the program. And I think it uh, it shows kids in the area who may, you know, say, hey, you know, I like UC, but I don't know if uh, it's reasonable for me to go there because I have all these offers. He kind of shows them that it can happen and it'll work out for their their best interest. He's a he's a quiet kid. He's got the voice of like a 1980s uh, R and B DJ. Uh, I was getting on him about that last night on the podcast, but uh, it, but on the field, violent, yeah, yeah, aggressive, gets off the ball quickly. Yeah. Let's talk about his his ability on the field. Very, he's physically mature. I mean, he's a guy who probably I don't know what he bench presses, but he plays powerfully. He has a great. Uh, you know, lower body, and I think that uh, is why he's able to displace a lot of people. But um, physically, he's very mature, man. And and again, he's had two older brothers that are in college football. You know, he probably whip up on him. Yeah, whipped up <laughs> on him, and, and really kind of showed him. You know, this is what you need to do, little brother. Like, you know, shut up, put the video games down, and follow me. <coughs> and I think he's smart enough to follow. And uh, you know, uh, so yeah, he, he's a guy that's physically imposing. He's and he's athletic. You know, and, and I'm not sure. He, at the end of the day, he's not 295 pounds, 200 pounds. Uh, you know, getting goal line carries. Yeah, I mean, how about that? I mean, the That's game what he I, did at Fairfield. Yeah, yeah, the game I went to, he had two touchdowns. He had more. I, it was giving him a hard time. He had more touchdowns than tackles at that time, <laughs> and he ended up having a great second half. But, uh, but yeah, man, you just don't see guys like that all the time, and uh, you know, especially with the mindset he has, you don't see that every day. A guy that was another guy, local guy that committed early, mm-hmm. Blake Basevich. Mm-hmm. I think underrated yeah, a little yeah, bit. Yeah. He has the the tools and the and the physical presence about him that mm-hmm. once he puts on weight, he can be dangerous. Yeah, he can be, da- and you know he will. You know he will put on weight. Like he's a guy. He played linebacker. Um, it's just coming into his his kind of into his element. Uh, he'll continue to grow. <coughs> I, I see for, forecasting being around fifty, two fifty five, two forty five. But he's going. He's one of those kids, man, who who travels with his food. Who is you know conscious of the calories? Who's conscious of how many hours he sleeps? I mean, he's going to be a guy that's physically going to mature, and he's going to do all the things that are talentless 
uh, you know, attributes. He's going to get all those talentless attributes. And he's going to be at peak physical condition. And then when you add that he's a smart football player, his ability as a player, uh, I think he's going to be a damn good player. And, like, you, I agree with you. I mean, he's underrated for those reasons, though, you know. And he's, you know, uh, he's uh, – he, he'll he'll pass a lot of people up. So. Moving on, another St. X, a big time winning program. Another big time winning program is Akron Hoban, mm. Deshaun Martin. He's a guy that that jumped up in our rankings, made a pretty big jump yeah. uh, as he went through his senior season. Yeah. What what's he bring as a player? Is he a, a tackle, a DN? Do you know yet? I think you know you got to project him at inside just because. Um, his body, his body type, you know, he's got the, he's 245. I, I say, is he 245? Like, I don't know if he's, like, I look at him, I say, man, you got to be 260 because he's lower half, but he's twitched up. He, you know, I think he'll be an inside guy one day. And I think that, uh, I think that, um, you know, he will, uh, I think he'll, I think he'll bring the toughness that we need. He'll bring uh, just the, the winning culture to our room and our defense and our team. Uh, because, I, like I meant it, man, I, the state championship game, I was there. I stayed for the half. It's my first time seeing him play live. And I really came with a with a curious, you know, mindset. I was coming and you scratching my head like, okay, what is he? I know what I saw, but what is Let me tell you something. A guy, if you had to pick a guy, okay, and you were in some deep water, you were backed up against the wall, <laughs> you in the alley, okay, you had to take the long way home, and some guys went up on you, you call him Deshaun. Okay, you call on him because you know this. He going. He's 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 uh, he's going to be relentless, and uh, he he's uh, a truly a team guy too. I mean, he's crying because his team won, not because he won. So he's. I love the kid. I love him more as time goes. I love him more. So. With him and Malik, I mean, you've got two really good guys inside with mm-hmm. Cortez and, and Marquise. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is this a chance maybe for the next two to come in? Yeah. Learn from those seniors, yeah. and and maybe be you know you got a couple of other young guys that are good in there as well. Yeah, but these two to kind of be the next in line at that spot that's been really good for the Bearcats over the years. Yeah, man, you know I, I think uh, you know you got Curtis Brooks and Marcus Brown, those two guys you think could develop, and then you know you got you're gonna have great competition with those two guys, man. Malik uh, and Malik, we you know I think we'll play him at the end a little bit just because of numbers, but I think ultimately at the end of the day. We can all agree he'll be uh, in the trenches and deep in the trenches. But, yeah, you got two guys you feel like down the road two, three years from now with Jabbar Taylor, who's the yeah. guy we're excited about. You're going to have some really good players inside who can generate a pass rush and can choke out the run. Now let's talk about the 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 like uh, the Christmas toy, yeah, the man. present you got That's to open clear. on, on signing day. Yes, Lorenz Metz, six foot nine, yeah. 280 pounds. Yeah, man. Uh, were you, are you familiar with Marcus Hunt? You know what? Uh, I'm not not Marcus. No, Marcus Hunt. He played for TCU. I'm not played for the Bengals. I'm not. No, He's uh, he was another guy from Europe. Six foot oh, eight, yeah. six foot nine, oh, yeah. two hundred and seventy, two hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that it, that's who he reminds you. Know, that's the name that yeah, comes up yeah, for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. Tell us about this kid, man. Yeah. So um, man. So yeah, Mike Wall, Brian Brian Mason. I got to give him credit because at the time. We were on a search. We get, we got to find a long defensive end. We got to find we got to find a difference maker. And they went through the country, and uh, they went outside the country. And they pulled this kid up. And man, I'm gonna tell you, I first saw his film. The first thing I thought was like, is he real? Like, what is? <laughs> like, is he a criminal? Uh, is he like? Is he something? Like, I'm thinking all these things because I'm like a guy, a guy this talented cannot just be sitting there available. And at the time, he had nothing, you know. And uh, 
you know, a guy, Brandon Collier, who's kind of, um, he's uh, very involved in the uh, premier uh, international uh, talent, I think is the name of the, the kind of company, but uh, they specialize in going to different countries and identifying these athletic kids. And, and uh, you know, Lawrence playing in the club league he was playing at was identified and, and they got connected with May, uh, Brian Mason and Mike Waugh. And uh, so I watch him, man. I'm like, wow. And and so you like him, and then you, then you like, okay, we still got a lot of work left to do. So you peel the onion back. I we, I talk to him on the phone. He's a very good kid, uh, very bright kid. He speaks well, speaks English well, um, and you know, express the love for football, which is the number one. I don't care if you come from Pluto. If you love football, I think there's something there that uh, that you that you obviously I, that I'll connect with. And so uh, we talked. We talked for maybe a, uh, three or four weeks at the end of the season. He had picked up some offers. We offered them, you know, based on film, but we said we need to see you. And uh, we got to the off season. And he, he went on official visits at some other schools, and uh, it was our time to get him. And it's a long flight now. Yeah. It's really a day. you got to sacrifice a day to get out, yep. you know. Uh, and especially, you know, you got the, the time difference. you got jet lag, you got everything. So he came out. Uh, we really had a good meeting, man. I think uh, what I wanted to do with him was get him around the guys, but I wanted him, me and him to sit, and uh, and we really chopped it up. We talked detail, fundamentals, and he just soaked it up, man. You know, it was a lot like being in the room with Malik uh, for the first time. You notice a kid when you purposely, when you go into these meetings, you, I try, me personally, I try to go at him. I try to, I try to get into the nitty-gritty and see if I, see if I lose him. Right. You you find out if a kid's into it or not. Starts like, looking out the window. Yeah, or... yeah. And I'll never forget Malik was laser focused. This kid, he was laser focused. We were in there sweating, demonstrating. And, uh, you know, I think he left feeling like, you know, he would be taught how to play because he wants to play in the NFL. He felt like, he, I think he felt like in our defense, what we teach, uh, he'd be able to, to, to go to the next, next level. And so uh, really enjoyed that meeting with him. And then from there, man, we just stayed in contact. Uh, and, and just, uh, it was funny that he had left UConn, the last visit, he left UConn. He was flying back. And he said to me, he texted me back he go, or messaged me. He goes, man, I, I'm, I believe I'm a Bearcat at heart. I said, great. And um, so I felt great about it. We were actually making preparations to head to Germany. And I'm like, holy hell, I'm going to Germany. <laughs> but uh, I would have gone, you know, we were talking about it. And then in the 12th hour, Georgia Tech comes out of nowhere. Michigan comes out of nowhere, and they offer, and they offer one of his teammates in the club who's yeah. going to Michigan. Michigan. Yeah, the kid flipped to Michigan. Right, flipped him. So I'm like, what? So he goes. It was tough, but he, you know, he felt he had to do it. And at the end of the day, I'm like, hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. Goes to Georgia Tech, and halfway through the official visit, he messaged me and says, man, I'm, I'm, I'm a UC guy. I'm gonna come to UC. So you look at that, like it's awesome that. You know, you think Georgia Tech, ACC, he saw through that, saw what was important to him, and he wanted to be here. So, uh, and it was funny, man, like on the way back, you know, I don't know if you remember the Atlanta airport. Oh, yeah, that, the, the power went out. Stranded there for like a day and a half, and I said, man, that's because you should you should have never went out there. <laughs> but, uh, but now, man, he came. And, uh, so that's, but that's my story with Lawrence, and um, it's a genuine relationship in that uh, you can't help but fall in love with a kid who has a dream like he has and is willing to go outside the country in his comfort zone of chasing. So he'll be successful. He's bright, you know, and uh, 
I talked to Brady about him. Brady said he had him put him through some agility stuff, and he was off the charts too. Yeah, let me tell you, he's freaky. If he was, if he was born, if he was born in Texas. I mean, this guy, you'd be hearing about this guy on, on your website, number one, six nine two seventy seven. Yeah. I mean, come on. So, D lineman, we look at him as D N D tackle. I mean, I, I don't, I don't get know. him on the field. Yeah, get him on the field. <laughs> Teach him how. To, I'm talking from square one, stance, all the basics. He, that's what he's going to. Um, and he seemed excited about the red shirt year. Yeah, and like, I think that's a man. I, agree, I couldn't agree with you. Like, he has a great mindset about the whole. Situation, but yeah, I mean, get a chance to, a year and a half to get the foundation in, and and, and then he's early enrollee. You get him next two week, weeks, two yeah, weeks, next week, whatever the hell. I don't know. Two weeks, yeah, yeah, after New Year's, yeah, yeah, it's a new toy, new toy, man. Overall, you got to be happy with what you got on the defensive line with those four guys. Yeah, I, I am, and uh, you know, it's come full circle. You know, obviously, you've been with us through the whole ride, but you think about from the spring to now, to end the way we did, I feel really good about it. Um, I feel like we got who we need, and uh, I think it catapults us into the uh, next class, the 19 class. All right. Thanks yeah. a lot, man. Appreciate got it. it, man. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. We're keeping on moving on here with uh, up on the seventh floor of the, the Lender Center and talking now to defensive coordinator Marcus Freeman. You had the luxury of – you had the first guy in this class, Ty Van Fossen, and uh, a guy that, that Coach Fickle obviously – had a connection with because of his relationship and, and you know being an alumni of the sales but a guy that you you zeroed in on real quick and had a great senior season you got to be excited about what he brings to the linebacker room absolutely ty was a guy that i identified even in my time at purdue um before i even got to cincinnati that was a, a guy that i wanted to recruit you know and uh, we had him in camp at purdue um and then when me and coach fickle got here obviously when we started turning our attention to the 2018 class um, he was one of the first linebackers we brought up you know, we both had him in camp, um, both knew a lot about who he was, his mm -hmm. family, his background. We knew he was the type of player we wanted. You know, he talked to his high school coach, who we all have a great relationship with. Um, he has the intangibles, the mold, the mentality of, of what we're looking for in a linebacker here. So to get a kid like that, to beat some uh, power five teams to, for what, you know, it's worth, um, was big for us to start this class. It's always that first one. Somebody's got to start it off, and Ty was the one that did it. And, um, you know, he did a great job of recruiting the other guys in this class. Uh, he, he did a great job at that. It, it seemed like those first, that early, you know, him and Blake and Malik, those guys bonded really well early and, and became a foundation. When As a recruiter, how that's organic. That's something you can't force. How refreshing is it to know, all right, we know these guys are with us and they got our back? Yeah, ultimately, that's, that's to me why you choose a school. Um, you know, you, 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 and you stay with the school because you build bonds with guys that you are for sure going to be with. You know, and we always tell our recruits this. In this profession, coaches can be hired, fired, they can move on. It, it, it is, it's part of the reality of this profession of being a football coach. But you build that bond with guys that you're going to fight with, you're going to go to battle with, um, and you're going to spend four to five years with. It, it's, it, it's more important than anything. And that's what we encourage all our guys to do is to make sure that you are building a bond with the guys in your class. You recruit the guys you want. Because right. ultimately, you want to play with great players, well, go recruit great players. You know, make sure you, you bond with great players because that's what really, in reality, going to put together a great class. Overall on defense, what was, what was the goal? What was, what was the, the plan? What were you guys looking to do defensively in this class? It, it starts off with our front four. You know, we, we identified early that we want to make sure we get the best defense alignment we could find. You know, and, and Malik and Blake, obviously those two guys being local, um, being the first two guys, 
at the defensive line to commit was huge for us. You know, those two guys have, uh, are going to be very much so impact players for us. You know, Malik obviously being able to come in early is going to be very beneficial for him. Um, and then, you know, with, with, with uh, Mets, um, you know, coming from Germany to get a guy with that type of length, uh, uh, that's so important for us. We need length. We need length. We need speed. You know, that's what we're looking for, length and speed. And, 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 and he presents that, you know. And uh, uh, Martin, he, he's another guy that, that comes from a great program. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that you know has been well coached. I'm very productive. I had a chance to finally watch him for the first time live in the state championship game, and he played his butt off. You know, that's what we started this defense on. We said, hey, we need to recruit defense alignment. You know, then from there, we're going to get the, the, the best players we can find. You know, we got some good DBs, four guys that we feel very, very strongly about, all from Ohio. Uh, um, you know, obviously starting with Hicks being from Coleraine, you know, Shields and those guys from Northeast Ohio, Shields and Bush and uh, Taj Ward. Those are all guys that, that are what you're looking for in the defensive backfield, guys with length, guys with speed. You know, that's what we need, guys that can play on both sides of the ball. You know, and, and we did uh, – we're very fortunate to get those guys. But, you know, as a defensive whole, I man, we will look for guys that, that, that play the game the way it's supposed to be played with effort and attitude, that run to the ball and that love the game of football. You know, we need guys – we're going to push you on defense. And, and we need guys that love the game of football. So when they're pushed, they just continue to go. They say, give me more, give me more. And, and we feel like the nine guys we had signed on defense side of the ball, um, all are those type of football players. You talk about when we've talked about this in the past, wanting to be aggressive, wanting to be more aggressive on defense. In order to do that, you got to be solid at corner. Mm-hmm. Arquan Bush on tape looks like a guy that physically could come in and compete from day one. Mm-hmm. Talk about him and his ability and uh, just the could see how. I guess I'm a little at a loss for how a kid like that goes a little bit under the radar like he did because it felt like when you watched him, there should be a bunch of people coming after him. Yeah, yeah. We, we felt the same way. Um, as I said earlier, we identified him and Todd as our top two guys we had on the board at that position. And, uh, again, we, we know a lot about who he is, um, his high school coach we've had a good relationship with, um, and, and we recruit our butts off to get him. You know, there was a lot of schools that went after him, but I think once he committed, everybody understood he was solid. Yeah, and, and that's what you look for, guys that are men of their word, you know, guys that, that are committed, um, and they knew what that word committed was. And, and when he committed to us, our program got better instantly. And he'll be a guy that comes in and competes. It's just like Taj, too. Yeah. Taj Ward will be a guy that comes in and competes. But those are two talented guys, man, and uh, we look forward to getting them down here. The, the, the thing that stands out to me in this class, uh, they say in recruiting you miss more than you hit. But it felt like your board stayed pretty true. And obviously, you know, a local guy here maybe went somewhere east that you didn't want him to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but, but it seemed like you guys were pretty on top of, you know, what you wanted. Were you surprised hearing the challenges of, of not being in a power five or whatever that you guys were able to, to stay right to that? Yeah, I think it all goes back to developing relationships. And it's the job of each position coach to develop that relationship. You know, we all have areas, and uh, we're all going to identify the prospects in our area. But ultimately, the, the position coach is going to have the ultimate say-so. Yeah. So it's his job to develop that relationship. And, and I think our guys have done a great job of doing that. Coach Washington's done a great job with the defensive line. Coach Sanu's done a great job with the safeties. And, and, and obviously, as a quarter, you want to make an impact. You want to have a relationship with every single person on the defense and, and, and in your area, too, you know. But um, – we put a lot of ownership on the position coaches here, myself included as a linebackers coach. i got to have a great relationship with the linebackers, and, uh, and that's what we've been able to do, and it's, it's, it's trickle-down effect from the head coach. You know, He's been our best recruiter, 
And when your head coach is your best recruiter, your strongest recruiter, you got a chance in the program to be pretty special and put together a special class like we have. All right, man. Uh, maybe uh, maybe another toy or two for your life linebacker room by February, hopefully. Oh, yeah, this isn't done. And that's the best part about, you know, having two signing periods. Um, you know, we put together a solid class, but it's going to continue to get better. Right. You know, we still have a few spots and some targets we've identified that we have strong relationships with that said, hey, we're not ready to sign until February. Great. That gives us more time to build this relationship, and uh, um, we look forward to, to finishing off this class here in February. All right. Appreciate it, Coach. Right. Thank, Thank you, man. You. Thank you. And finally, here from the Lender Center, we're sitting down with uh, running back coach Gino Gadouli. And, Coach, um, you, you feel pretty good about your room, obviously, with, with Dokes and Warren three more years in the system, but always looking to get better. A guy that's going to come in and enroll early, be here in two weeks. Uh, tell me about Charles McClellan. Uh, great kid for us. I mean, uh, if you look at that kid early on, we didn't know what kind of shot we'd have with multiple SEC offers. A kid from South Georgia coming to Cincinnati and uh, <coughs> Coach Fick and the offensive staff did a great job building a relationship with the kid and came up with his dad, really felt at home and uh, really happy to be signing. I think he, he brings a little something different to our room. Yeah. With Dokes and Michael Warren, you got two power one-cut backs, and uh, I think Charles will come in probably be the fastest back in the room, uh, give you a little bit more wiggle, but um, great kid for us. You talk about winning programs and getting kids that are winners. Quarterback for a state championship team, I mean, that's you, you can't do a whole lot better than that in a state like Georgia. No doubt. He's playing a, a great ball and uh, actually won a state championship as a sophomore. So this is his, his second state title, leading the team as their, as their quarterback. Now it's a single-wing offense, so he's yeah. doing a lot of running the ball. But, uh, again, everybody you speak to at Clinch County and Homerville loves Charles McClellan. Great kid, great student. He's a leader on the football team. He's a competitor, and uh, he's a guy people want to follow. So, so those are the type of guys we want in the program. We want to be able to coach. And you need a guy, you know, a guy coming in. If you're coming into a room that's got two sophomores that have established themselves, a guy that has that competitive side and isn't content saying, "I'll wait my turn while these guys are ahead of me." He seems like he's a guy that's going to come in and say, "Hey, I'm, I'm coming to get some of your carries, fellas." Absolutely. That's that's the great thing about our room is I think everybody thinks they should be the guy. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, I'm sure Jalen Green, Taylor Bruce feel the same way, and, and they'll be ready to compete in the spring. And the, and the benefit of Charles is that, um, you know, you got Dokes and Boos that are kind of nursing their way back from shoulder injuries. So he should get about a million reps this spring <laughs> and uh, give himself a chance to compete come, come training camp in the fall. Absolutely. And another, the other guy you signed, Ryan Montgomery, obviously. Injury limited him. You shut him down early. But one of the most electric players in Ohio. Dynamic. Uh, I went up early in the season before his injury and watched him play against Edgewood, and uh, he was dynamic. And, and he's 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 Mike Boone's replacement. I mean, he, you see him playing the game. He played quarterback. He played wideout. He was a punt kick returner. Played running back. Played quarterback. He did it all for Franklin. And uh, his ability to run routes and catch the ball is what first caught my eye about him. He was a kid that we had in skills club last spring mm -hmm. and uh, pursued heavily throughout the spring and into the summer and had a lot of Big Ten options that he could have went to and uh, super excited about Ryan and I know his competitive his competitive spirit will get him back from that injury sooner than a lot of people expect. With him, he was kind of a quiet kid. What, what's the challenge on that getting, you know, like with, with Charles, he's kind of out in the open, everything's there. What's the challenge on getting a read on a kid that's a little more quiet and 
you don't you didn't get much from Ryan. You could talk to his coach, you could talk to his mom, you could talk to people in the school, and no one really knew in the, throughout the recruiting process which direction he was going to go. And uh, I know Adele, his mom, is a big Bearcat fan and supporter, and was keeping her fingers crossed that he come here along with our coaching staff. But um, it's tough. You just got to keep on recruiting, keep on recruiting, and hope that you're building the best relationship with the kid, and uh, hope that he wants to stay close to home. And I think the guys that we had committed did a good job. He was in the group chat with all right. those guys, and they stayed working on him, pounding on him until eventually he came our way. Now, you're not the quarterback coach, but you were a quarterback back in the day. What are your thoughts on Ben Bryant? Love it. Gunslinger. He can, he can rip it. And uh, he's one of those guys that you go to evaluate, and it only takes you two or three throws to say, all right, yeah, that kid's got it. And then when you get a chance to sit down and talk ball with him or get him on the board, you know, he's very intelligent. He understands how offense works and uh, passing concepts and protection schemes and all things that go along with playing the position. So I think we, we stole one. And uh, I'm excited for Ben to get here in January and have a chance to compete this spring. I think it's going to be great. For those that don't know, you were a big part in that because you were his first offer at Central Michigan before he had committed to Wisconsin. And you were able to work that uh, that angle and, and, and get the Bearcats in there. I think. For me, what impressed me when he came here to camp, he had sprained his thumb the day before in Indiana. So he wasn't 100%, and his accuracy was maybe as good as I've, I've ever seen in a camp. The, the, the kid just has the ability to throw the football. Yeah, and I think that toughness is kind of, you know, you got a lot of guys who go out there and throw seven-on-sevens and one-on-ones in camps, but that toughness separates the, the good from the great. And uh I had a chance to watch him his junior year against Oak Park River Forest in the playoffs, and Lions Township lost that game, and Ben Bryant took a absolute pounding in that game and uh, kept right on getting right back up and delivering the next ball and delivering the back next ball, and he's just got something about it. He's got that it factor that you always look for in recruiting, and uh, especially at that position. So, like I said, excited about Ben. Um, you know, I've got to watch him since he was a sophomore, like you said. We recruited him at the last stop I was at, and uh, it's funny how things come around and you stay on guys and how recruiting works, and I think we got a good one. All right, well, that wraps it up. Special thanks to uh, Joker Phillips, Al Washington, and uh, Marcus Freeman, and obviously Gino Gadulli. Good stuff up here from the seventh floor of the Lender Center. That's a wrap on signing day coverage for 2017. It's the BCJ Podcast on BearcatJournal.com.